The Tale of Mr. Todd, a story about two disagreeable, disagreeable people called Tommy Brock and Mr. Todd by Beatrix Potter. Old Mr. Bouncer sat in the spring sunshine outside in the burrow in a muffler, smoking a pipe of rabbit tobacco. Old Mr. Bouncer was stricken in years. He lived with his son, Benjamin Bunny, and his daughter-in-law, Flopsy, who had a young family. Now take care of the children, Uncle Bouncer, said Flopsy. We're going out visiting for a while. The little rabbit babies were just old enough to open their blue eyes and kick. They lay in a fluffy bed of rabbit wool and hay in a shallow burrow separated from the main rabbit hole. To tell the truth, old Mr. Bouncer had forgotten them. Tommy Brock was passing through the woods with a sack and a little spade which he used for digging and some mole traps. He was looking for food. Tommy Brock was friendly with old Mr. Bouncer. They agreed in disliking Mr. Todd. Old Mr. Bouncer sat in the sun and conversed cordially with Tommy Brock. What's the news from down the hill, Tommy? My dear fellow, said Mr. Bouncer. Not so good, I'm sorry to say, said Tommy Brock. I have not had a good square meal in a fortnight. I shall have to turn vegetarian or eat my own tail. It was not much of a joke, but old Mr. Bouncer laughed. My dear old chap, won't you step inside for a slice of seed cake and a glass of homemade cow's lip wine to fortify the Constitution, he said. Tommy Brock squeezed himself into the rabbit hole with care. Have a cabbage leaf cigar, Tommy, said old man Bouncer, who was smoking his pipe. Smoke filled the burrow. Old Mr. Bouncer coughed and laughed, and Tommy Brock puffed and grinned. Mr. Bouncer laughed and coughed. I don't get many visitors, not like I used to, he mumbled sleepily. He slumped lower in his chair and shut his eyes because of the cabbage smoke. Tommy Brock waited a few moments to be sure that old Mr. Bouncer was fast asleep. Then he put all the young rabbits into his sack. When Flopsy and Benjamin came back, old Mr. Bouncer woke up. Uncle Bouncer, where are the children? said Flopsy anxiously. Father, where are the babies? asked Benjamin. But Mr. Bouncer could not confess that he had admitted anybody into the rabbit hole. The smell of badger was undeniable, and there were round, heavy footmarks in the sand. Mr. Bouncer was in disgrace. Flopsy wrung her ears and slapped him. It's old Tommy Brock. He's taken our babies, she cried. Now don't worry, Flopsy, said Benjamin. I'll catch that old rogue. Benjamin Bunny set off 
at once after Tommy Brock. There was not much difficulty in tracking him. Benjamin soon found his footmarks. He had gone slowly up the winding footpath through the wood, and his heavy steps showed plainly in the mud. The path led to a part of the thicket where the trees had been cleared. There were leafy oak stumps and a sea of blue hyacinth. But the smell that made Benjamin stop was not the smell of flowers. Mr. Todd's stick house was before him, and for once, Mr. Todd was at home. Inside the stick house, somebody dropped a plate and said something. Benjamin stamped his foot and bolted. He never stopped until he came to the other side of the wood. Apparently, Tommy Brock had turned the same way. Upon the top of the wall, some ravelings of a sack had caught on a bramble bush. It was getting late in the afternoon. Other rabbits were coming up to enjoy the evening air. Cousin Peter, Peter Rabbit, Peter Rabbit, shouted Benjamin Bunny. Whatever is the matter, Cousin Benjamin, asked Peter. He's bagged my family, Tommy Brock, in a sack. Have you seen him? Peter had seen Tommy Brock carrying a sack with something live in it. Cousin Benjamin, compose yourself, he said. Tommy Brock has gone to Mr. Todd's other house at the top of Bull Bank. And Peter accompanied the afflicted parent, who was all of a twitter. Hurry, Peter. He will be cooking them. Come quicker, said Benjamin Bunny. Tommy Brock was already in Mr. Todd's kitchen, making preparations for supper. Mr. Todd had half a dozen houses, but he was seldom at home. The houses were not always empty when Mr. Todd moved out, because sometimes Tommy Brock moved in without asking leave. The sunshine was still warm and slanting on the hill pastures. Halfway up, Cottontail was sitting in her doorway with four or five half-grown little rabbits playing about her. One black and the others brown. She had seen Tommy Brock passing. He had rested nearby a while, pointing to the sack and seemed doubled up with laughter. Squirrel Nutkin, have you seen Tommy Brock? asked Peter, but he hadn't. In the wood at Bull Banks, the trees grew amongst heaped up rocks, and there beneath a crag, Mr. Todd had made one of his homes. The rabbits crept up carefully, listening and peeping. The setting sun made the window panels glow like red flame, but the kitchen fire was not alight. Benjamin sighed with relief. No person was to be seen and no young rabbits. But the preparations for one person's supper on the table made him shudder. Then they scrambled round to the other side of the house and crept up to the bedroom window. As their eyes became accustomed to the darkness, they perceived that somebody was asleep, lying under a blanket.
Tommy Brock's snores came grunty and regular from Mr. Todd's bed. They went back to the front of the house and tried in every way to move the bolt off the kitchen window. They tried to push up a rusty nail between the window sashes, but it was no use, especially without light. In half an hour, the moon rose above the wood and shone full and clear and cold in at the kitchen window. The light showed a little door beside the kitchen fireplace belonging to a brick oven. Presently, Peter and Benjamin noticed that whenever they shook the window, the little door opposite shook an answer. The young family was alive, shut up in the oven. They sat side by side outside the window, whispering. There was really not very much comfort in the the discovery. Although the young family was alive, the little rabbits were quite incapable of letting themselves out. They were not old enough to crawl. After much debate, Benjamin and Peter decided to dig a tunnel. It's the only way, a tunnel right under the house and into the kitchen. They began to burrow a yard or two lower down the bank. They dug and dug for hours and hours. They could not tunnel straight on account of stones, but by the end of the night, they were under the kitchen floor. It was morning, sunrise. From the fields down below, there came the angry cry of a jay, followed by the sharp yelping bark of a fox. Then those two rabbits lost their heads completely. They did the most foolish thing that they could have done. They rushed into their new short tunnel and hid themselves at the top end of it under Mr. Todd's kitchen floor. Mr. Todd was coming up Bull Bank and he was in the very worst of tempers. Badger, badger, I can smell badger, he fumed and slapped his stick upon the earth. He guessed where Tommy Brock had gone to. Mr. Todd approached his house very carefully with a large rusty key and went in. The sight of the table all set up for supper made him furious. But what absorbed Mr. Todd's attention was a noise. A deep, slow, regular snoring, grunting noise coming from his own bed. He peeped around the half-open bedroom door. Mr. Todd came out of the house in a hurry. He scratched up the earth with fury. His whiskers bristled and his coat collar stood on end with rage. Badger! Badger in my house! In my bed! I'll fix that, Badger! He fetched a clothesline and went back into the bedroom. He stood a minute watching Tommy Brock and listening to the loud snores. Then Mr. Todd turned his back towards the bed and undid the window. It creaked. He turned around with a a jump. Tommy Brock, who had opened one eye, shut it hastily. The snores continued. Mr. Todd pushed the greater part of the clothesline out of the window Mr. Todd went out at the front door and round to the back of the house. 
He took up the coil of line from the window sill, listened for a moment. Tommy Brock snored continuously and then tied the rope to a tree. I will wake him with an unpleasant surprise, he said. Mr. Todd fetched a large, heavy pail full of water from the spring and staggered with it through the kitchen into his bedroom. Tommy Brock snored industriously with rather a snort. He was laying on his back with his mouth open, grinning from ear to ear. One eye was still not perfectly shut. Then Mr. Todd put the pail down and took up the end of the rope with a hook attached. He gingerly mounted a chair by the head of the bed stayed. His legs were dangerously near to Tommy Brock's teeth. He reached up and put the end of the rope over the head of the bed where the curtains ought to hang. Mr. Todd, who was a thin-legged person, was quite unable to lift the heavy weight of the full pail of water to the level of the hook and rope. After much thought, he emptied the water into a wash basin and jug. The empty pail was not too heavy for him. He slung it up, wobbly over the head of Tommy Brock. Surely there never was such a sleeper. Mr. Todd got up and down, down and up on the chair. As he could not lift the whole pail full of water at once, he fetched a milk jug and ladled quarts of water into the pail by degrees. The pail got fuller and fuller and swung like a pendulum. Occasionally, a drop splashed over. But still, Tommy Brock snored regularly and never moved, except one eye. At last, Mr. Todd's preparations were complete. It will make a great mess in my bedroom, but I could never sleep in that bed again without a spring cleaning of some sort, said Mr. Todd, and softly left the room. He ran round behind the house to the tree. He was obliged to gnaw the rope with his teeth. He chewed and gnawed for more than 20 minutes. The moment... He had gone. Tommy Brock got up in a hurry. He peered out of the window and saw Mr. Todd gnawing on the rope. Tommy Brock rolled Mr. Todd's dressing gown into a bundle, put it in the bed beneath the pail of water instead of himself, and left the room, grinning immensely. He went into the kitchen, lighted the fire, and boiled the kettle. For the moment, he did not trouble himself to cook the baby rabbits. At last, the rope snapped. Inside the house, there was a great crash and a splash, but no screams. Mr. Todd listened attentively. Then he peeped in at the window. In the middle of the bed, under the blanket, was a wet, flattened something. Its head was covered by the wet blanket and it was not snoring any longer. Mr. Todd's eyes glistened. This has turned out even better than I expected, said Mr. Todd. I will bury, bury that nasty person in a hole. 
I will have a thorough disinfecting with soap to remove the smell. He hurried round the house to get a shovel. He opened the door. Tommy Brock was sitting at Mr. Todd's kitchen table, pouring tea from Mr. Todd's teapot into Mr. Todd's teacup. He was quite dry, and he was grinning. He threw a cup of scalding tea all over Mr. Todd. Then Mr. Todd rushed upon Tommy Brock, and Tommy Brock grappled with Mr. Todd amongst the broken crockery, and there was a terrific battle all over the kitchen. To the rabbits underneath, it sounded as if the floor would give way at each crash of falling furniture. Inside the house, the racket was fearful. The rabbit babies in the oven woke up trembling. Perhaps it was fortunate they were shut up inside. Everything was broken. The crockery was smashed to atoms. Tommy Brock put his foot in a jar of raspberry jam. The kettle fell off the hob and the boiling water out of the kettle fell upon the tail of Mr. Todd. Tommy Brock rolled Mr. Todd over and over like a log out the door. Let's get out of here, Benjamin, said Peter. The two rabbits rabbits crept out of their tunnel and hung about amongst the rocks and bushes, listening anxiously. Tommy Brock and Mr. Todd rolled over and over, the snarling and whirring went on, and they rolled over the bank and down the hill, bumping over the rocks. There would never be any love lost between Tommy Brock and Mr. Todd. As soon as the coast was clear, Peter Rabbit and Benjamin Bunny came out of the bushes. Run for it. Run in, Cousin Benjamin. Run in and get them while I watch the door. In Mr. Todd's kitchen amongst amongst the wreckage, Benjamin Bunny picked his way to the oven nervously through a thick cloud of dust. He opened the oven door, felt inside, and found something warm and wriggly. He lifted it out carefully and rejoined Peter Rabbit outside. At home in the rabbit hole, things had not been quite comfortable. After quarreling at supper, Flopsy and old Mr. Bouncer had passed a sleepless night and quarreling again at breakfast. Old Mr. Bouncer could no longer deny that he had invited company into the rabbit hole, but he refused to reply to the questions and reproaches of Flopsy. The day passed heavily. The two breathless rabbits came scuttering away down Bull bank Banks. Benjamin, half carrying, half dragging a sack, bumpity bump over the grass. They reached home safely and burst into the rabbit hole. Great was old Mr. Bouncer's relief and Flopsy's joy when Peter and Benjamin arrived in triumph with the young family. Benjamin, Peter, oh, thank goodness you're all safe, said Flopsy. I was a bit worried myself, actually, admitted Mr. Bouncer. Old man Mr. Bouncer was forgiven. The rabbit babies were rather tumbled and very hungry. They were fed and put to bed. They soon recovered. Then Peter and Benjamin told their story, but they had not waited long enough to be able to tell the end of the battle between Tommy Brock 
and Mr. Todd. The End. <laughs>